This is the Thursday Night Podcast, your source for news, analysis, and all things Georgia State sports. Because every day is Thursday. Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Thursday Night Podcast. My name is Jordan and tonight I'm joined by David and Brady. Gentlemen, it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked. How are we doing today? So it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked with the microphones and everything, but I was actually up with David in Chicago last week with another friend. We took in some Major League Baseball games, took in New City, traveled for the first time since this pandemic started, really. A lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of baseball. Um, I don't know if there was more fun than baseball. Like, I don't know which one there was more of because there was a lot of both. Yeah, I got to see. Well, actually, I don't think anybody in the group um, had been to Milwaukee's uh, ballpark. So that was really cool. Uh, checking off another ballpark. I am hilariously behind both Brady and Sam in terms of uh, going to official MLB ballparks. So I have some personal. Yeah, that was, to, a you know, I hit number 20 with Miller. Well, we are going to still call Miller Park because the new name is just even more corporate and unnecessary. But number 20 of active ballparks for me. So that's fun. I've got, you know, two thirds of the way through. Feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, I just I what is that five? I'm pretty sure that makes the two Chicago ones, the two Atlanta ones. Like, come on, I'm too big a baseball fan to only have been to five ballparks. Like, that's that's pretty sad, but we're working on it. Don't worry. And I mean, again, travel underrated, seeing new cities and not just driving around Atlanta. Much as I love Atlanta and much as I've, you know, it's it's my city. uh, Very nice to go to two different ones and see other places and uh, eat deep dish pizza. Shout out Pequot's. What about you, Jordan? How's your two weeks been? Well, I spent most of the past week moving out of uh, my place in the Stone Mountain area down to unincorporated Fayette County. So uh, seven miles per gallon in a U-Haul and unloading furniture until 1.30 in the morning. That was that was a fun time. And I did a little bit of uh, home repair stuff, fixing up some drywall that needed to be patched up and uh, yeah, figuring out exactly what the summer is going to look like as far as other plans I've got, but it is fantastic to be back in the flow for another episode of the podcast. It's good to have you guys back. Yeah. sounds like it was a draw on the fun meter. Like we both had equal amounts of fun (laughs) based on what you described and what we described. Totally. Like I, I mean, you know, drywalling a house, like that sounds incredible. Well, the, the most fun part is actually, you know, cutting the hole for the first time and you're like oh god what am i doing and then you watch like eight youtube tutorials and like okay well you're not actually doing this wrong but you are doing it wrong and like okay but uh we're we're good now did uh all the fun with the spackle mixing and you get the attachment for the drill that has the it looks like you know you go to the 7-eleven or a racetrack or whatever and they have the slurpy machines and it's got like the the metal thing inside spinning around and you see all the slush and all the stuff that's really terrible for you but you want to put it in your body anyway well, if you translate that to uh, to whipped cream, that's what the uh, the drywall paste, the uh, the mud or whatever looks like. So uh, that was a, a fun not snack for this morning. But I digress. You know, it's funny you mentioned moving. I'm moving on from just the really weird metaphor, the food metaphor that I just lost. I will admit I lost. It's, it's fine. funny you mentioned you were moving because uh, some Panthers were moving, too. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, football and basketball players are on campus once again. Recruiting is back to normal, on-site visits and everything. Uh, some football players have new numbers as well to extend the moving references there. Uh, football team also got their rings for the Linden Tree Bowl win back in December. And Panthers safety coach recruiting coordinator Chris Collins has taken the defensive backs job at Kentucky. Uh, and there's some other football stuff as well. Gentlemen, do you have any thoughts on this stuff? Yeah, first off, it's you're great that they're back and that after what had to have been the strangest offseason slash fall camp, quote unquote, with all that was looming over football last fall, even the freshmen of last season who were on campus for the first time or the guys who were redshirt freshmen who were finally getting to play for the first time last year. I feel like that doesn't really even count as just like the normal flow of what a season's like. And so all things going the way they have been, it seems like everything's going to be back to normal. And so happy for all the guys that are new to the campus, but also the guys that are semi new who are going to finally get what the college football program experience is really like. Uh, the one name aside from freshmen that I wanted to shout out that got new numbers, Roger Carter has gone single digit. He's wearing number five now, which total power move single digit. Gotta love it. Gotta get the over on touchdowns though. You hit five on your jersey, you got to get more than five touchdowns. That That's, a, you know, that's the bar for touchdowns in 2021 for Roger Carter now that he's got the single-digit number because obviously no one's going to be like he's going to get 45 home runs that's or 45 touchdowns. It's just not, not realistic. But once you put a number of touchdowns you can actually physically get as a pass catcher, you got to get it. Well, see, the thing is he's got the five for the receptions per game, and then we're going to multiply the receptions by like 100. So he's going to have 500 yards per game as well. He's going to, excuse me, he's going to have 500 yards per game. I can do math. Um, <laughs> the one thing I wanted to say about the rings were, man, they were really cool. I, I, there's something about championship rings, you know, regardless of the sport, regardless of, you know, whatever the accomplishment was. I hope they're, uh, the team puts out like a video with players getting their fir- the rings and like just showing people. I don't think they had like a specific audio track of it, um, but the rings looked really nice. So definitely check that out if you guys haven't seen them. And some guys' hands are going to start getting full. Got a couple of rings. Now, talking about Sunbelt titles and another bowl this year, some guys are going to be running out of fingers to put their rings on in the hand, that they're, their favorite hand. So uh, that's the progress that Georgia State's been making. Um, I wanted to touch on the Collins news you mentioned there about Chris Collins leaving. Obviously, losing a coach, that, especially one that has been a part of the Georgia State program since Sean Elliott has been at Georgia State. It's a loss. And losing the recruiting coordinator, pretty integral part to, well, recruiting uh, for your program is a loss. But at the end of the day, when you're having SEC schools come and take your coaches, it means you had some good coaches. And it means that you've got talented guys that other schools want. And at the end, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times as Georgia State uh, has had coaches and players in this offseason go other places if you're having a lot of talent leave for better you know perceived better schools be it coaches or players you're doing something right and i think we'll see someone on staff will be the recruiting coordinator that wasn't coach collins and you know i was kind of expecting 
I, I will kind of expect that the news on the safety coach who they're hiring will drop between when we record this and when the podcast goes out, because that's how news works with us in the Thursday Night Podcast. But I think it'll be pretty quick. I'm sure that they've been prepared with some names, and I'm sure that Coach Elliott's going to have another one of these guys that comes in and has all the energy and brings what he wants to Cooper in the program. And so, and also, new safety coach going to come in and have Antavius Lane as a starter focal point on the defense. So it's pretty uh, attractive job as far as that goes right now. You're going to have some talent to work with. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of talent, like I just want to list off some guys who Chris Collins has worked with at Georgia State just to give you an idea of, you know, kind of where he you know, what he's done for the Panthers in his, you know, four years here, you know, obviously Brady mentioned Ant Lane is, you know, returning, you know, but there are other guys who Collins has worked with, you know, he's worked with Qua White, he's worked with Cedric Stone, Remy Lazarus, you know, Chandon Sullivan for a year, you know, like and we're, we're not talking about a position group that, you know, has necessarily been a liability. Like it, it might not have all been put together at certain times the past couple of years, but you absolutely can see the growth in that specific position group. Um, you know, and it's led to a good bit of those guys finding their way on postseason. you know, all Sunbelt lists, whether it be, you know, first team, third team, second team or whatever. Um, so, you know, obviously that is a big loss for, you know, Georgia state and the players that are here now, um, you know, they're going to need to replace their recruiting coordinator. Um, they're going to need to replace, you know, a more important position coach, but yeah, you know, whenever you're doing something right, your coaches are going to get poached. So, you know, continue to do stuff right. And, you know, we're probably going to be talking about another coach next year that's gone. So one more uh, item for football before we move on to a little bit of basketball talk. Uh, very, very quietly, not really announced at all. Uh, someone on panthertalk.com managed to dig this up. The seating chart for Center Park Stadium has changed, putting the uh, students along the visitor's sideline, which I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think has really ever been a thing in the history of Georgia State football. They've usually had them in one of the end zones or a corner, but never across the entire visiting sideline. Uh, it is up to date on GeorgiaStateSports.com. If you go in the ticket section, they do have that seating chart there. So what they've done is they've moved the uh, section to the left of the pack. If you were sitting in the pack section, looking at the field to your left is now going to be public seating instead of students. That was all basically the entire north corner of the field was all students. Uh, they gave the band a little bit more room, and then they've condensed visitor tickets down to sections 100 and 101. But yeah, the entire east sideline is going to be all students. So hopefully that'll be fun. Uh, if they show up, show out, get in the seats that air on TV if you want to get a little bit of camera time. But yeah, that'll be an interesting departure from uh, the game day atmosphere that we're kind of used to. Hopefully that will improve stuff. Just thought that was worth mentioning. But let's go ahead and move on to basketball. We do have a new signee who is... Uh, Jaheim Hudson out of Wheeler High School, a six foot seven power forward, averaging 13.5 points per game, 8.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.3 blocks this past season. Uh, Coach Rob Lanier had the following to say on him. He said his character and personality are outstanding. On the court, he's a prototype four man who plays with a high motor, is effective inside the paint, and gives an additional three point shooting threat. He's a competitor and a proven winner who comes from a great high school program. He makes us better now and along with our other young guys sets us up for a very bright future. Gentlemen, thoughts? Real quick, I wanted to circle back on the stadium thing just to say that 
it's a change, but also I don't know many places that actively chose to let visitors be in the only TV spot. So positive as far as I'm concerned, uh, it remains to be seen on the students showing up. And obviously that'll be an important factor because you don't want empty seats where the TVs are. But you also don't really want the other team to have the people that are in view there either. So cuts both ways. And I think it ultimately is a positive. Uh, as far as the signing, uh, it was sort of out of nowhere. It was sl- slowly kind of happening. But I think it was a case where they saw the guy they liked and they could add on. And I'm encouraged by four men who can shoot threes. I think that's a lot of fun. I think that could also pair really well with some of the bigs that they've got in the program as well. If they can, you know, mix and match with him and Jalen or him and Joe or him and LAL this year. Uh, it sounds like, again, another guy that possibly is going to play because the he makes us better now is an interesting thing to say when you know any freshman coming in could theoretically not be a contributor right away and also just taking a look at the macro picture here it's now five guys that are coming to the program jordan rolls the transfer and then four freshmen and it's a huge influx of talent to a team that we've you know waxed poetical about how it's already a talented roster and so a lot to like and Again, I, you know, I don't know how much of this is, you know, intentional. It's making Coach Lanier's job hard. You know, there's going to be a lot of guys that can play and working those minutes out. Uh, we talked about it the last time there was the signees that came in, and now you've added another guy to the mix who can play. Yeah, that's really, you know, that's going to be really important. Um, I wanted to ask, do you remember, was it Colin Moore that Coach Lanier talked about last year? Um, and kind of his like opening season talks where he mentioned, you know, somebody who uh, could really play right now, but he just kind of doesn't know where his head is going. I be- it, it was more correct. I think so. I think that was some quote like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I feel like people really need to pay attention to those like very small details that Coach Lanier gives, because if Coach Lanier says that this kid can play and can make the team better right now, you're absolutely right. We probably will see him very quickly, you know, because Coach was spot on with his, you know, I, I believe he said that about more. And then he said that Evan Johnson had the best jump shot on the team. And I remember in preseason last year, that kind of, you know, made me do a double take because I was like, I mean, you've got Corey can shoot, you know, Justin Roberts can shoot. Like, you know, those guys aren't slouches, but he's, you know, he's talking up this freshman who, and he says that he's got a better shot than them. And then what happened by the end of the year, you saw that Evan Johnson, you know, when he was hitting that jumper, it was, you know, as smooth as butter. So if that means that Hudson can play and make the team better right now, you know, if coach is saying that, then he, you know, we're definitely going to be seeing him play some weather, probably significant minutes this year. And again, continuing the theme that we've seen since Kushner's got here, it's a six, seven, which isn't, you know, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid size. And I, it's also really easy for me to downplay six, seven as a height. Cause I am, a full foot shorter than that. But six, seven is another guy when they're playing. I mean, we talked about a little bit this year that sometimes the rotation played a little small with a guy like Kane at the three. And the more you add guys that this height, the less that's going to happen. And the more you're going to sort of hit that model of what coach is looking for of looking the big guys in the eye when you go to their arena. 
And the ability to be big and stretch the floor with that size is huge. So him being able to shoot threes, I mean, Georgia State is going to have some shooters and they're going to be big. That's that's huge. And I, you know, I think that we've gotten used to Georgia State being a good three point shooting team because it's kind of been in the M.O. Whether they leaned on it or not, it's been something that's been a part of the roster for most of the last five years, give or take. I think we could go a whole starting five of guys who would not be starting who could be out there and be good for a bucket from outside. You know, Evan Johnson, like you mentioned, best shooter on the team, according to Coach Denier, best jump shot. Probably not a starter. And this guy might not be a starter if he can shoot a three. The Chin Hao might not be a starter, but shot 60% this past year from three. Uh, and keep going. I mean... Jalen's a starter now. I just want to shout out that he hit a three in the championship game just because we can keep talking about that and keep keep pushing on that he's going to be that guy who keeps sending his range and just be completely lights out everywhere. Uh, but it's shooting everywhere, especially if you can get just instant offense off your bench is going to be really important. And so seeing more and more of that really good thing to see. One more thing before we get you guys out of here this week. Uh, we did receive news uh, today as of recording this podcast that Bob Heck, a.k.a. Mr. Georgia State softball longtime coach uh, for the Panthers softball team, passed away at the age of 95. He was the oldest head coach in the Division One level when he retired in 2011 from coaching the Panthers at the age of 85. Uh, 24 seasons as a head coach overall, finishing with a career record of 700 wins, 584 losses. Uh but a tremendous, tremendous man and influence for the softball program. Of course, the softball complex over in Panthersville is named the Bob Heck Softball Complex in honor and memory of him. So there is an obituary on the uh, GeorgiaStateSports.com website that's got a lot of really interesting information about who he was as a man and as a coach. So if you feel inclined, go check that out. Uh, but yeah, that's all we've got for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye. The Thursday Night Podcast is a production of ThursdayNight.com, the independent source of choice for all things Georgia State sports. This podcast and all included sounds are exclusive property of and copyright 2019 Jordan Crawford Enterprises, LLC, on behalf of ThursdayNight.com, unless otherwise specified. The podcast is produced by Programming Director Brady Weiler and Technical Director Jordan Crawford with assistance from co-hosts Taylor Dynan and David Salmon. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud as well as podcast aggregators like Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. To submit questions and comments or to request information on advertising and corporate partnerships, contact the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Thursday Night or via email at thursdaynight at gmail.com.